When people say that they've experienced young love, is that a crush mixed with desire? Or is it truly love we can experience nowadays, even with the way the world is moving? Assalamu alaikum everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Dose of Dawah with me, Dahlia. Today's episode is one I've been contemplating on for a while. What is love anymore? Really? I'm not saying this in a hopeless way, but I want to take a look through the eyes of the Western society. Is love considered real when we look at how it's displayed nowadays? We could say that the majority of ways that love is displayed is evidently more hypersexualized and haram, which is really definitely not what love is. I'd first like to talk about haram relationships and how normalized they've become. 110% I can tell you that if you're in a haram relationship right now, it won't work out. I can promise you. Stop believing lies. Stop believing if he or she is telling you that they'll make it halal. If they didn't approach you in the beginning with that intention, you falling for that and being head over heels for them just shows that you believe that you don't deserve better. But you do. Never overlook red flags just to be a married woman. There are two major things about haram relationships that can evidently damage you as a person as well. So number one is emotional turmoil. So haram relationships often lead to emotional turmoil as individuals grapple with that conflicting desires and societal pressures, of course. The temporary pressure deprived from such relationships can then be overshadowed by guilt, anxiety and a sense of emptiness. Plus, do you want to be running around with someone knowing, oh my God, I'm going to get caught, I'm going to get caught. You know, that's just stressful for no reason. Save yourself the stress. Emotional well-being becomes jeopardized when your actions contradict your religious convictions, as well as getting into a relationship fully aware that it won't last. To me, it seems like a waste of time, because imagine putting love into someone with no intent of even marrying them. Honestly, use the energy you have to cultivate your own self-love. The second point is the impact this haram relationship will have on future marriages. And a lot of people don't even think about the future when they're participating in acts like this. Participating in haram relationships can really impact an ability to establish a healthy and a trusting marital bond in the future. There's a lot of emotional baggage, comparisons and unfulfilled expectations that might linger, which really stops the potential for a successful marriage. It's crucial to recognise the long-term consequences of those actions, which happens when you deviate from the Islamic path. The best way for us Muslims in a world like today to find what to expect is to look at the way the Prophet displayed his affection to his wives. While in Islam, men can technically have multiple wives, up to four, it's clear that it's basically near impossible to treat every single one the same, thus not recommended. So if you are a woman who clearly does not want to be one of multiple wives, don't accept it. Set your boundaries. It seems like the majority of Muslim men today who want four wives don't have the right intentions for it firstly. And secondly, don't have the ability to take care of one wife, let alone four. Nonetheless, if you're fine with it, then go ahead. Next, everyone knows how the Prophet treated his wives with the utmost care, with not even one ounce of disrespect. He was a provider. 
Khadija even made more money than him, but he and he worked under her, but he didn't hesitate to provide for her. Not only that, but your partner can overlook your imperfections. Abu Hurairah narrated that the Prophet said, A believer must not hate his wife. If he dislikes one of her traits, he will be pleased with another. And that's in Muslim. Now often nowadays, people usually have no standards for their partner or incredibly realistic, unrealistic high ones. The issue with the latter is that nobody's perfect. And while, yeah, you, you can have high standards and believe that you'll get them, but you must be aware that you won't find a flawless spouse. My mother always says to find the partner that has flaws that you can live with rather than searching for someone with no flaws. And I believe that's also what this hadith is saying. All in all, it is important to look for a partner who's on their deen first and foremost, because if they are close to Allah, they wouldn't dare to do you wrong. Of course, we're going to end with our du'a, this one being for a righteous spouse and also includes righteous children. So repeat after me. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wuzuriyatina qurrata a'iyun wa ajalna lilmuttaqina imama. This translates to, Our Lord, grant us from among of spouses and offspring comfort to our eyes and make us an example for the righteous. And that is all for today. Jazakallah khairan for listening. We are already halfway through season two, by the way, and I have everything planned out for season three, alongside some hopeful consistency in 2024, inshallah. Please make sure to follow rate my podcast however you'd like hopefully it's like above three stars and make sure to follow my socials at daily dose of dawadi assalamu alaikum and see you next time mm-hmm.